Hey guys, it's Brant, and I'm back with another The Panel Has Spoken video, and we have finally made it to the non-makeup years for KISS. We have made it to Lick It Up, and the panel for this, uh, it's been real exciting. It's been really cool to see how every, all of you guys who have, who have chimed in on the panel, how you've told your stories and interacted with each other and that sense of community and just KISS fans, members of the KISS Army, no matter what your tenure is, no matter what your opinions are, coming in and coming together and commenting on each other's experiences and commenting on each other's lists has been really cool. And so um, this has gotten bigger than I ever anticipated it would be. So um, what I wanted to say before we do this one is before I get to the panel and then get Rick and our special guest, Ralph, from uh, Almost Human channel in here, Dr. Fuck, as many of you know him, um, we're going to take a week off. Next week, I'm just going to need to take a break, and there won't be a panel video. There'll probably be a video that'll still come out on Monday, but it won't be a panel video. The panel videos will return on March the 23rd. So there will not be a panel video next Monday. And I know a lot of you look forward to the panel videos on Monday, but I will have a video on Monday of some things that I've gotten in the mail and unwrapping some things and things that I've gotten that you guys have sent me and things that I've ordered myself. So just a little precursor on that, just to let you know that there will be a break between uh, this panel video for Lick It Up any animalized panel video that will come out on March the 23rd. But I also want to, before we get the guys in here, let's go ahead and talk about the panel. Let's go ahead and talk about how many of you that there were on this panel and get your names. So uh, we can do that before we bring on the other guys. How's that sound? It's just kind of like me and you time. Um, we had 83 on the panel for Lick It Up. So let's talk about this panel. Of course, you're going to have me and Rick and, and Dr. Fuck, uh, Ralph. From Facebook, we're going to have Mark Hilliard, Matt Yucci, Frederick Scalen, Scotty Sky. Instagram is Dylan Tucker, Skate Devil 74, Kiss Posters, Sweet Dan 1970, Anthony M. Hill 18, Jake Jackson 7, Bizbag 68. From Twitter, Where's Drago, Tom Dust, Sam Loomis, Tony Rod, Aladio, Bill Sharp, Jen Semenzu, Paul Teplius, Darren Helliwell, Eric Mosiu, David King, Steve, Sean DeHan, Andy, Kissman, The Dude, Richie Rich, Colin Paradigm, SC Allen, and Zombiegasm. From YouTube, Future Squash 767, Emily Graziano, Sandy Graziano, Demetrius K, Les Wadley, Wam SB, That Toy Bonnie Guy, Golamine Chabason, Super Kiss 1200, Sonic Riccardi, Nina K, Kiss Carolina Hard Rock Metalhead, DB Threshold, Jay Reiner, Paul Bertolino, Gregory Pegg, Felix Taglarini, Jeremy Camona, Jay Reed, Rocker L0270, AJ Zetro 1975, Mixie, Horror and Pop Culture, Kissin' Time, Jay Lee, Two Gay Dads, Vapor Man, The Matthew Smith, and Matthew Smith will be joining us as a guest for Animalize, so you have that to look forward to on the 23rd. Indy Colt 777, Greek Freak, Sublime 130, 
Dark Light, Tom S., Mark Moe, Aiden Pro Dalton, Rick R., Jesse Ray, John B. Good, Mikhail D., X. Josh, Brian Stacy, Steve Revis, John Howard, Perpetual Art, Trevor Bullock, Keith Nidu, John O., Joel Pegg, Robbie Stars, and Mark Webb. And so that is our panel, guys and gals. And um, an awesome panel, and I'm really looking forward to getting in to lick it up. So at this point in time, I'm going to go ahead and bring on Rick and our special guest, Ralph Vieira, and let's get into this panel. So got Rick from It's All For You Demon here, my trusty partner in crime, and Ralph, Mr. Dr. Fuck from Almost Human. Smack of a gob! Man, it's so awesome to have you back. I love every time. Hey, man, my pleasure. Every time I get to work with you, we always have such a good time. And uh, it's always a blast having me around, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, uh, I'd actually toyed around with the idea of having you on Creatures Lick It Up. I kind of talked with Nina about it, and Nina was like, "Ralph is a huge fan of Lick It Up," so she's like, "You should have Ralph on Lick It Up." So that's how this all come about. Oh, so it's all her fault. It's all her fault. Yeah, we can blame Nina on this. <laughs> all right. Uh, so my, uh, I, I just got to say, how's my chair position? Because if I go like this, look at that mess I got going on over there. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like this. I can, I can. You're good. I can by see you. By the way, that right there is my little workstation for my track by tracks. You see the papers, the vinyls and all that, you know, when I do my track by tracks. Yeah. That's what's behind the scenes that the camera doesn't pick <laughs> up. I got like uh, five track by track donations I got to do, and I'm going to do them later today. Uh, and just I told uh, Brent and Rick. And by the way, Rick, I haven't even said hi to you today. How you doing, hey, buddy? I, hey, I'm doing good. Good to talk to you again. Um, I literally woke up like ten minutes ago, and I freaked out. I was like, "Oh my god!" And I, you know, I had to go. Uh, just wash up and i i'm five minutes late for this but i'm here because dr fuck when he promises something <laughs> he delivers man yes you do yes you I do <clears throat> but That's this awesome. whole time change messed me up you know it's literally it's supposed to be 11 a.m you know That's awesome right on all right lick I'll... it up i saw the tour i'll talk about that later so lick it up so um what is your uh What's your experience with this album, Ralph? And did you get it when it first came out, or did it take you some time? What's your What's your general thoughts on it before we get into the track? I, I bought it right when it came out. Uh, at the time, I became a Kiss fan again. I was a big Kiss fan as a kid in the '70s, but I gave up on them. Then my friend played me Creatures of the Night. I became a huge fan again. I saw the Creatures tour. Then uh, when Lick It Up came out, I ran out and bought that record, and I absolutely love this record. I really do. I don't think Kiss has made a better album since. They've made some good albums. they made some albums I like after Lick It Up, but none as good as Lick It Up. I think Lick It Up is uh, grossly underrated because uh, of the title track. You know, there's a lot of people that may listen to Lick It Up and go, I don't want to hear that album. Well, I think the rest of the album, you know, that 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 song does not, you know, <clears throat> does not like give you the overall picture of the album. I think this album's very heavy. It's to me the sister album of Creature uh, Creature of the Night. Mm -hmm. Love it. What about you, Rick? 
Yeah, um, what Ralph said about it being a sister sister album, that's a perfect analogy. Um, I came, you know, of course, into the game late around Smashes, and I heard a lot of non-makeup records before this, and that was a mistake on my part because this record, as a non-makeup era record, blew me away. I love, I love the heaviness of it, and I agree. It is prob- probably the best non-makeup record out there. Oh, definitely. For me, it is, by far. <clears throat> I remember looking forward to this album. I remember after Creatures, uh, I, I was always just curious of what the, the follow-up was going to sound like. And I remember being a little bit of a pessimist about it because Kiss had changed their sound on almost every single album, of, like the last four albums before Look It Up. And it was I remember when they took the makeup off, when they was on the MTV with J.J. Jackson and they took the makeup off and I saw it live, saw it happening. Well, uh, it was probably pre-recorded, but I saw it, you know, I saw it when MTV originally aired it. And it was weird seeing Kiss without makeup. It was weird for that veil to be pulled away um, and for, uh, you know, finally to finally see what Kiss looks like without makeup. So... And seeing them on the cover of the album in just street clothes, not even costumes. And this is an album, it had to be the album that it was, because this was the album that Kiss was going to have to begin to stand on their musical credit. Their, you know, that's what that was going to be their merit, was they couldn't really fall back on the makeup and the costumes anymore. Which I said in the Creatures video, I think Creatures would have been more successful had they took the makeup off of Creatures. But uh, I love Lick It Up. There are some songs that I'd like less than others, but every song on this album is a like for me. And uh, there's some on it I absolutely love. And we'll get into that as we count down through. But yeah, I remember this album when it came out. I love the packaging of this album. I love that not only did they just take the makeup off, some people hate this packaging. They call it boring. But to me, it's a white backdrop, and it forces you to focus on the band. And then on the back, it's just the tracks. And they actually have them in the right order. <laughs> so, rare. That's very rare when it comes to Kiss. the one thing that I did notice about this, and this was more, more of a Mercury thing, is gone were the in, gone were the goodies. Gone were the posters. You know, you got... And which we didn't get a poster in Creatures either, but it was a lyric. I think the last one was Unmasked, right? Yeah. That brought mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was, those days were gone, and this was a harsh reality <laughs> that those days were gone. But we did get lyric sheets out of it. This is when it got real popular for band to start putting lyric sheets in their albums. So, uh, but yeah, so let's get into these tracks. Uh, ten tracks, uh, and let's start with number ten. Uh, Ralph, what do you think the panel... This was really hard for me to predict. I had a hard time removing myself from these predictions. Um, so, But Ralph, what do you predict the panel would choose for number 10? I would predict they would choose Dance All Over Your Face. Uh-huh. Um, it's not my number 10, but that's the one I would predict. Um, because... Uh, you know, I've seen rumblings online of people not liking the song. And I've seen people say it's the best song on the album you know it's but not as many most people would pick that one as their least favorite on the album mm-hmm. uh it is uh 
you know, it's filler. I I I happy I happen to like the song. I do like it. Yeah. But uh, it's not my least favorite off the album. But I predict that would be number ten for most people. Um, I predicted number ten. The panel would choose "Give Me More." Give me more. Okay. I predicted that they were going to choose and on the eighth day. Um, and it's funny because when you hear what my next few three, couple predictions are, they're basically the three songs we just said. <laughs> um, uh, on the eighth day to me is, uh, it's just, it was one of those songs that I just, I know a lot of people love and on the eighth day. Uh, and like I said, this is where I had a, I had a hard time separating myself um, but a lot of people think it's Gene's strongest track on the album, but with, uh, but I, I picked it I picked that the panel would choose that is number 10. Now what they actually chose at number 10 with 237 votes is the panel chose dance all over your face. Yeah. So Ralph was <laughs> right. Um, only one panelist, my friend I grew up with next door that I scared Scared him to death with the Gene Simmons laughing. Uh, and I actually started him down the road of being a Kiss fan. My friend Scotty Sky, he picked this as his favorite song on the album. And I picked it as nine for me. It's near the bottom for me. And what really hurts this album is my opinion. And my opinion is where it comes on the album. It comes right after... Uh, what what song? What's the song it comes from? Fits like fits like a glove. I mean, how do you follow up "Fits Like a Glove" with with this song? It it almost ruins it before it even gets started. And yeah, in the the three in a row. Yeah, right there. And three <laughs> and three jeans in a row at the end is is rough. It's it's rough. I have a I have a problem with the tracking on this album. All right, so where did you uh, pick your dance all over your face personally for you, Ralph? Just like you, I put it at number nine. It's just one song I I, I and I like dance all over your face. I don't like my number ten. Okay. But everything everything from nine to one, I like all these songs. But you know, I just happen to like uh, eight more tracks more than dance all over your face. But I do like the song actually. Okay. <clears throat> I chose, I picked it at number seven. Um, to me, this is the intro to the '80s Gene we would have. Um, it's a little less demon, a little more cheesy Gene. It's a, I mean, it's a, I like the chorus. It's a fun song, but it's definitely a Windows Up song. Like if you know, mm-hmm. just kind of kind of embarrassing uh, lyrically, and but I mean, it's fun. It's it's got great rock swagger and ego to it, but. It's it's the eighties gene. We don't it's no longer the demon anymore. This is eighties gene. Yeah. Windows up song. I'm gonna have yep. to remember that. Uh yeah, and he's, Gene's got some good screams on this album and he's got a few he's got a few in this one too, but yeah, okay. All right, so number nine, Ralph, what'd you think the panel was gonna choose for number nine? Hmm. Overlooking the list, I'll say and it's pretty high on my list, but I predict on the eighth day will be number nine. That is my exact same prediction for number nine. The eighth day? Okay. I predicted at number nine that the panel was going to choose Give Me More. Or Give Me More. Um, <clears throat> I, for, I, and I, like I said, it, I, I picked that because of the same reason that 
I'd pick Gimme More kind of low. Um, it is because Paul starts becoming uh, just as Dance All Over Your Face is the precursor to 80s gene that would go from this moment forward. Gimme More is 80s Paul that would go from this moment forward. Him getting up there in the rafters and the gimme, gimme more at the end of it. Uh, and I actually saw somebody that said that kills it for them too. That kills it for me. Uh, but I love how... It's like it, it's like under the gun, I'm alive, you know, the faster tempo mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that yep. come later. Yep. So that's what I predicted for number nine. What the panel chose at number nine with... 275 points is give me more. So I was right. Oh, one user, Aiden Pro Dalton, picked Give Me More as their number one song. Uh, And I picked this for me personally. I picked it sixth. Um, I don't like it. I mean, I I mean, I don't not like it. Uh, It's just there's that, there's more of it I do like. But I, it does kill me. It does kill at the end for me where he's just sitting there doing the begging and the pleading. and the. It's almost like Paul, at the end of his songs, when he runs out of what he wants to write about, his ad-libbing <laughs> that he does, like at the end of Do You Love Me? Do you really, 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 really love me? His, his ad-libbing he does at the end of some of his songs, I'm just like, just stop singing. Let somebody play a guitar solo. Uh, you know, uh, let somebody play a guitar outro or something. Just stop singing. You don't have to totally show show ham it up. Um, save your voice for later years when you're in your sixties. Um, you know, so um, yeah, it's give me for that. <laughs> so yeah, give me more uh, six for me. So what's give me more for you personally, Ralph? Uh, I put it at eight. Um, I absolutely love this song, and yes, the only part I don't like is the obvious. Give me. Give me more. But actually, everything else about the song, I love. I love the fast tempo. I love the riff. I love the, you know, it's just, I I think it's a slamming song. I think it's a great way to end side one with a burner. I think it's a burning track. But, you know, it's Kiss, you know, so it's to be expected, the the high cheese factor on Mm -hmm. it, you know. But it's not spoiled cheese. So there's a difference. I love cheese. In music, but as long as it's not spoiled, like to me, burn bitch burn. That's that's some moldy cheese, you know, <laughs> with fly with flies around it and shit. But you know, this one is like some some fresh parmesan, you know. <laughs> so uh, I, I I love Give Me More. It is cheesy, but I I love it. I do love the song, and it's at number eight, which means I like seven songs even more than this, and I love number eight, which shows you how much I love this album. Except for 10. We haven't gotten to that one yet. <laughs> All right. I'm very curious what his number 10 is. I got to tell you. <laughs> I'm looking at the list and I just, I can't figure it out. I think, uh, I, I think I've got my finger on which one it is, but we'll see. All right. I chose uh, Give Me More at number 10. Doesn't mean I hate it. Um, it's just that to me, it's, it's got some great guitar work, but there's no hook in it. There's nothing that brings me back to it. And mm-hmm. for that, it's just my number ten. Uh, the right. long, exaggerated, more kind of kind of does me in a little bit. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't hate it. It just there's a, there's nine other songs I like better. Okay. Right 
All right, so that brings us up to number eight. So, Ralph, what's your prediction for number eight? My number eight prediction will be, let me look at the list here. Uh, I predict number eight will be uh, on the eighth day. I, I know I predicted number nine, but I'm going to say that one's going to be eight. I predicted for the panel dance all over your face. Okay, I, I see. I see a trend here because it's like you definitely get the feel of which ones are actually the fillers. Um, for eight, I predicted also dance all over your face. And coming in at number eight is at at three hundred and twenty four points. So we're up into the three hundreds. At three hundred twenty four points, at number eight is on the eighth day. So Ralph again. Yeah. So two users, right two cool. users, Super Kiss twelve hundred and Rocker L zero two seventy, picked and on the eighth day as their favorite track. I picked on the eighth day as my number ten, and it is. And even at number ten, I still like and on the eighth day. But there's just something about it. It never really grabs me and and gets me, and 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 it could just be like I said because it's that. Last three tracks on the album are all Gene tracks, and to me, uh, they don't hold up as well as "Fits Like a Glove." Um, so it's it, it's almost like "Fits Like a Glove" kills the last two tracks on the album for me. But if I just put it in and listen to this song by itself, uh, it's actually not too bad. Tells a pretty good story. Um, Gene gets a little <laughs> visual in it, which is cool. Um, so for me, it's my, my last, my 10th. So what about you, Ralph? I love it. I, I think it's a great song. It's an anthem. Uh, originally was the boys are going to rock. Uh, that's the song that boys are going to rock from the warrior, the Vinnie Vincent warrior CD. And then Gene, I guess, uh, just changed the lyrics around and I just love it. I, I love the way it starts, the bombastic start to it. And but you know what? I have heard a lot of people dislike this song through the years. And, you know, that's people's uh, taste, you know, but I, I just love it. I love the way it ends the record. I think it's a it's a fitting end to the album with a good anthem. And, uh, you know, which I think shout out loud should have ended Destroyer. Mm-hmm. And I think anthems should end albums like Rock and Roll Night did on uh, Dress to Kill. And uh, I love it. I, I actually love On the Eighth Day. Uh, do I tell you where it's on my list? No, not yet, right? I'm sorry. I just woke up, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get with the program, man. <laughs> That's okay, man. That's okay. You're the guest. You're allowed You're allowed to. You're allowed to, uh, uh, you know. I can fart, too? Nah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> what, about, <laughs> what about you, Rick? Um, I chose it at number eight. I agree with Ralph. It is an anthem song, and uh, it, it has a special place to me nostalgically. Um, I was born on the 8th of April, and uh, so I always kind of just liked it because of that. And then I was probably about 18, 19 years old and wanting to form a band, and I remember I typed out these lyrics and taped them to my door. So that is that's always just kind of in my head, like... You know, a Gene Simmons song can touch a teenage kid enough to type out the lyrics. That's pretty cool. So it's it's one of my favorite tracks on the record. But uh, 
Yeah, it's number eight. Gene was known to touch a lot of teenage kids back. <laughs> Christine, sixteen. There you go. All right, so that brings us up to number seven. So, what do you predict panels going to choose at number seven, Ralph? Okay, at number seven, I predict. Mm, wow, this is tough because now they now we're now we're. <laughs> now we're getting into the meat, the, the really meaty songs on mm-hmm. here. Um, I predict "Lick It Up." Okay, I know it's a crazy prediction, but I'm 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 going out on the line on this one because I know it's the hit. But I predict that one. Okay, yeah, and I agree. This was hard to predict. I said "Fits Like a Glove." I I predicted for number seven. I thought the panel was going to choose Exciter. For me. You know, I'm thinking now fits like a glove as well. But no, I'll stick with Lick It Up. Okay, well, we jump into the 400s, um, go up 150 points, uh, and we're jumping up to 447 points. But all the way down at number seven, the panel chose Lick It Up. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) 11, 11 users, though. Bizbag68, Sam Loomis, David King, Emily Graziano, Sandy Graziano, Les Wadley, Wams SB, That Toy Bonnie Guy, Two Gay Dads, Dark Light, Steve Revis. They all picked Lick It Up as their number one. I picked Lick It Up 8 for me. Um, I've never really been a Lick It Up fan. And on my list, it is just above Dance All Over Your Face and On the Eighth Day. I think it only it doesn't fall lower only because I agree with what Ralph said earlier. This song to be the hit and the video off of it, the initial video and the initial uh, single, it doesn't represent what this album is really about. Even at even with uh, All Hell's Breaking Loose as the second single and the second video. I don't really think it fully represents what this album is about, but it does a better job than Lick It Up does. So I respect Lick It Up. It's kind of like Beth to me. I respect it for what it did, and it gave the hit. And all the Kiss, the Casual Kiss fans, they all know Lick It Up. The Casual Kiss fans do not know know Young and Wasted. They do not know Fits Like a Glove. Um, They do not know A Million to One or... Not for the innocent. They don't know those tracks. They know Lick It Up, and they might know uh, All Hell's Breaking Loose. But so I. But even with all that, it still only puts it at an eight for me personally. So where do you, Ralph, choose uh, pick a Lick It Up for you personally? Number ten. <laughs> I loathe. I loathe that song. There's nothing I like about it. I think uh, it's it's annoying. Uh, the solo sucks. It's not even a solo. Um, geez, I'm, and that video is so terrible that I even say the video is better than the song. Um, there's just absolutely nothing I like about Lick It Up. I just, I've always hated it, you know. And yes, I remember hearing Lick It Up before I bought the album, but it didn't really deter me because I, I still had faith. I was like, no, nah, man, this, this Creature of the Night, I have a feeling this album's going to rule. And this is going to be the only shit song on it. And I was right. I mean, in my personal opinion. Uh, I, I can't stand Lick It Up. I like every song on this album but that one. 
And that's why I think this album is criminally underrated because, you know, I know I'm not alone. I know a lot of people hate Lick It Up going, oh, Lick It Up, I ain't fucking listening to that album, you know, because they think of that song. But there's not another song on here that sounds like Lick It Up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's at the bottom, bottom of, it's a bottom feeder. And it's one of my least favorite Kiss songs overall. I put it in my top five worst Kiss songs. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's heavy competition there. Yeah. It was one of those songs that was written to be a hit, and Kiss, whenever they write songs to be hits, they're usually, to the hardcore fans, are usually songs that they don't like. It would have been a huge flop if Lick It Up was released on a makeup album. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Personally. What you, Rick? Um, I ranked it at uh, number nine. Um, I agree. It uh, it's a It's a... It's a bad representation of the record, even the muted A note. It's it's not crunchy. It's not heavy. It's just kind of there. Um, I will say I do like the like breakdown riff right before the solo sort of, and I love Gene and Paul's trade offs of the ooyas. But other than that, I think I think years of wear and tear have just. I just say yeah, I don't dig this song anymore. I actually like this song better live. Yep. I like I like that they speed it up and they just start off with the don't want to wait till you know me better. Ba-na-na. They just go straight into it rather than it doing that, that long. Goes into that who. who yeah, song. it goes into the who thing. But then I don't like the whole I want you, uh, that whole thing they do. Yeah. Um, if they just went into the yeah. who thing, I think that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. But. And the live version adds a riff that's not on the studio. They do that, uh, which is not on the studio version. Right. Yeah, the beginning of it's just kind of boring. It's (laughs) And even the drums don't sound as bombastic. Um, You know, the story behind the drum sound on Lick It Up being different than Creatures, I can't remember who it was that asked Gene that. Why are the drums different on Lick It Up than Creatures? Because you had the same producer. And Gene's answer was because Creatures didn't sell. So they consciously changed the drum sound on Lick It Up because they thought that wasn't going to help the album yeah. like it didn't help Creatures. Mm, but I, yeah. I'm telling you now, it would have helped it because that album you know, got them out of the slump really because of the makeup. Because think about it. I mean, Creatures and Lick It Up are, like I said earlier, they're almost identical. Mm-hmm. You know, except for the drum sound, but they still have that same heavy vibe. Have that same that, feel. Um, it has the same feel that I think, because of taking off the makeup, propelled them, you know, into the 80s. And it was a smart move on their part. Uh, I wasn't happy about it, but I didn't care. To me, music's the most important part. But, yeah, I would have loved for them to keep that makeup on. And, you know, I had no problem with uh, Vinnie Vincent and... Eric Carr's makeup, I, I thought they looked cool. And man, let me tell you, man, that Creatures tour, which was the first time I saw Kiss, man, other than that Madison Square Garden reunion shows that I saw, that was the best damn Kiss show, man. That was They were on fire that night mm-hmm. because they were hungry, you know? They had mm-hmm. something to prove, and they weren't selling well, so they gave it all on that on that the show I saw yeah. with the Plasmatics. I saw that. I even, go ahead. Oh, Go ahead. Oh, I even think, just on the drum thing, I even think if this album would have had a shot at the devil drum sound, mm-hmm. you know, even quite maybe not quite as you know bombastic as Creatures, but like a 
like a heavy heavy metal drum sound mm-hmm. i think it would have added to it yeah oh yeah me too i agree i agree it does it, uh, it, it i think it would be as good as creatures i think that's the only thing that holding it back to be as good i mean i think it's close but man you had that drum sound i'd say that it's as good yeah you know and, but uh, you know but creatures ha- doesn't have a shit song on it you know in my opinion look it up does right and <laughs> They also, it's like some drums on some songs, the drums are even more uh, castrated than others. And Lick It Up is one of them. And I even think to some extent, All Hell's Breaking Loose, it's almost like they knew the songs they were going to release as singles and they gave them a little extra spit shine polish, and especially on the drums. And But if you turn around and you listen to... Uh, fits like a glove or you turn around and listen to young and wasted the drums in young and wasted do not sound like the drums in lick it up the 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 bass the bass drum is uh punchier the snare has more of a slap to it and i really i'm a drummer so i really listen to drums and uh and it's it's not equally mixed through the whole through the whole thing talking about the show I remember going to the uh, Creature Show in Charlotte Coliseum, and I remember that they had half of the... They didn't sell any on the upper level. Um, the lower level, they sold the uh, to a certain point, and then on the floor, they had the floor like a big black curtain, basically halfway cutting from the back of the auditorium off. And so they only sold the floor and the sides of the lower level on either side of the floor. And I remember the plasmatics opening for them. And Wendy Williams came out in like this black, this clear plexiglass bra. And like her boobs were like smashed into it. Um, And, and I remember the tank. I remember when Kiss, whenever the curtain came down and you saw, and they started and you saw the drum riser on top of the freaking tank. And, that the tank moved around it was it was just the turret moved around it was awesome and you're right it was almost like they were a beginning band they were so hungry and it was the first exposure to Vinny as a guitarist and hearing the way that he played the classics versus the way that they played uh new stuff and it was when I first really began to notice that Eric Carr that with with Eric Carr behind the drums they sped up almost every single Kiss song exponentially. And I don't know if that was just, if it was an Eric thing or if it was that, it was already starting to be during the 80s that everything was faster, faster, faster. Yeah, it, it was definitely, I don't think it was Eric. I think Gene and Paul told them to play faster. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you also have to remember the reason they were so hungry on that tour was at the time, Creatures was the album that sold the less, even the elder sold more and the elder was a bomb, but creatures even sold less than the elder at that time. And since then creatures gone gold, mm-hmm. maybe even platinum by now. I don't know, but I know it went gold later on, but at the time it sold less than the elder. So of course they were like panicking. We got to yeah. go out there and prove ourselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just, I wish uh, the, the what ifs man, what if kiss would have t- took the makeup off for creatures I think it would be Which cool. Was, yeah, yeah, it was actually uh, talked about. Yeah. I think it was Gene, the one that, that had his way, but Paul wanted the uh, makeup off uh, for the Creatures album. Yeah. 
Gene was afraid to take his makeup off because he basically, he was the demon. So it's almost like he lost his sense of identity. That's why I think that even on the cover of the album that Gene is sticking his tongue out because Gene had to tell people, you may not know who we are, but you, damn it, you're going to know who I am because I've got mm-hmm. my tongue stuck out. And so Gene, he had to uh, pull a little bit of that. I always thought, and this is just, this is getting off on the subject, and this is what makes videos long, and this is what some people love and some people hate. But um, I always thought that Gene sticking his tongue out without the makeup on, it was a little ridiculous. I know some people, they still love it, but every time I saw during the 80s when Gene had his tongue stuck out live or had his tongue stuck out during... I mean, it's almost like he never gave up when he took the costume off, the makeup off the costume. He never gave up the fire breathing. Was there a tour that he never fire breathed on, or did he eventually give that up at some point in time too? No, did, no. didn't. Re, didn't revenge he give up sticking out his tongue though? Yes, and they, no, and, uh, and I know a story behind that too. They were gonna. Uh, I, I read this. I remember reading this on the magazine back then. The band was actually going to fine Gene if he ever yeah. stuck his tongue out during the Revenge era. So, yeah, he... Uh, but as far as fire breathing, I've seen every tour, except for Revenge, by the way. Um, and he fire breathed at all those shows. Yeah. yeah. And, I, I mean, to me, the, the tongue was just... After he took the makeup off, the fire was still cool. Cause, but the tongue, to me, was just as ridiculous as if he would have kept doing the blood thing without makeup on. It just, to me, it's just, you know. By the way, there's a rumor that the very first show that was professionally shot, and you can only see two shows, two songs from it, the first two songs, that he spit blood at that show. In Portugal, I think it was. Mm. When I met Gene Simmons, and I even have this on video, I asked him about that. Did you spit blood on the first non-makeup show? And he's like, I don't remember. I was like, fuck, <laughs> you know, because, you know, he remembers, but he's just trying to be coy about it. You know, there was a couple questions I gave him that he doesn't remember, like Lassie. I was like, what song was Lassie on? On Oh, no, no, he, he did remember that. He said, no, Lassie wasn't on it. And I was like, but it said Lassie's on the album. He's like, wasn't on it. I was like, OK, <laughs> you know, but they're all oh, asylum. I asked him, Do you, is there any? Pro Shot Asylum shows. I don't remember. I was like, okay. So getting back on track here, we are at uh, number six. So Ralph, what do you predict for number six? The panel will choose. Um, okay, let's see here. I predict... Huh. I predict... Wow, this is tough. Um... I'm probably going to be wrong on this one. I predict all hell's breaking loose. I'm probably going to be wrong on that one. Yeah, yeah, this was hard. I said not for the innocent. Uh, I said at number six, they were going to pick not for the innocent as well. At 507, so we've jumped into 500s. At 507 points, the panel for number six chose All Hell's Breaking Loose. Man, I'm on a roll. What is this? Uh, just one wrong so far? Yeah, you're man, on a roll, man. man. You're man. on a roll. Um, I love that song. Uh, so, seven panelists, Dylan Tucker, Sweet Dan 1970, S.C. Allen, Zombiegasm, 
Sonic Riccardi, Indie Cult 777, and Jesse Ray picked it as their number one song on the album. I picked All Hell's Breaking Loose as my number five. I love All Hell's Breaking Loose. I remember, I remember it, the very first time I heard it, it was so weird hearing whenever it starts, instead of Paul sing, singing, to hear that opening line, Street Hustler comes up to me one day and I'm walking down the street minding my own business. And I was like, what? But the after hearing it a few times, I was like, damn, this is a good song. You know, uh, I love All Hell's Breaking Loose. Uh, it's my t- it's my number five. Uh, so what do you feel about All's Hell- All Hell's Breaking Loose personally for you, uh, Ralph? I absolutely love it. I'm probably going to get some shit from this, uh, from the Kiss Tards. But uh, Paul Stanley... On this song, he's acting like he's all cool and shit, and it, and it actually works. Where it doesn't work every other time for me when he try, tries to act all tough and cool. I think it really works on this, and I love what you were talking about. The little rap section, and you hear that bass going, dun, dun, doing that little funky bass thing. And I just love how he says, I am cool. I am the breeze. Mm-hmm. Usually, Paul doesn't really impress me when he tries to be a badass. Mm-hmm. And I think it really works on the song. I think that opening riff is phenomenal. Um, I think, I just think the whole thing is great. And I am a huge fan of shitty early MTV videos. I didn't like look it up though, but I love that stupid ass video where, you know, Gene's eating, you know, that big leg from the fire and he just puts his arm out and knocks that guy out. Mm-hmm. And, and then the part where Paul swinging the, the the sword and Gene's like, oh god, yeah, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I was like, they're actually goofing. Up. Paul allowed somebody to goof on him. Uh-huh. It's unheard of. And there it is on video. You know, it's 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 just a great video. I t- I just think it's great. It's it is the sequel to Lick It Up, the post apocalyptic world. Uh-huh. You know, but um, I think that the like Kiss Meets the Phantom. It's so bad, it's great. I love the video and I love the song and I put mine at uh, number five. Now, I like four more than this one, but I absolutely love All Hell's Breaking Loose. And 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 a tidbit: when I saw the the Lick It Up tour, I heard them sound checking it outside. Uh-huh. But wow. when I went inside, they didn't play it that night, and it was played on that tour because I gotta uh, I got let people know in case I know a lot of Kiss fans know this. But if you want to hear an excellent, excellent recording of the Lick It Up tour in Nashville, there's a Nashville, I believe it's a radio recording. If it's not, it's a damn good soundboard. There's a professionally sounding uh, live show, and it has All Hell's Breaking Loose on it. Um, but yeah, it sucks that they, they took it off the set list the night I saw them. Mm. Uh, but it was played on that tour. So I, I heard it sound check from outside. That's about it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I chose it at number two. Uh, I, I agree, Brant. Um, the first time I heard the rapping, I was kind of like, what? You know, what's going on here? But, I mean, that riff, that riff is the the most amazing guitar riff. I mean, it's just one of the coolest guitar riffs ever. Um, absolutely love the riff. Does it for me. Makes the song. The song, like Ralph said, Paul has some bravado and some badass badassness to him um ralph i do want to bend your ear on the uh on the video i've always been curious of this and this could just be my naive teenage rock and roll mind but uh 
What came first, this video or Too Young to Fall in Love, Motley Crue? Because those two videos, somebody was ripping somebody off. I That's think. a great question. You know what? I would, I, I may be wrong, but I think it was Kiss. I think Kiss okay. was uh, uh, what even I, yeah, the, the samurai stuff, the eating food. There's little similarities in both those videos that yeah. I feel are I'm pretty almost, much the same. I'm almost positive. It was uh, Kiss because, um, as I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure 1984 was Too Young to Fall in Love. Okay. I know the album came out in 83, but Shout the Devil came out in late 83. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Looks to Kill was the first video from okay. it. And then uh, I'm pretty sure in 1984, by the time I saw Motley Crue um, with Ozzy, I think that was in March of 84, the video is brand new. So, yeah, I'd okay. say I, I'm willing to say that it's all hell's breaking loose, which is a great question for your listeners, your viewers, to put in the comments below if I'm right or wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right, too, Ralph. I think I think all hell's breaking loose came first. Okay. And but uh, that yeah, if, if comment if you if you know it, put down the comments. And that's a that's a good catch there, Rick, because uh, I never really saw the connection. There is a a big connection with both those songs, the video wise. They're they're mm -hmm. play, both playing like superheroes and shit. The funny thing about this song is, I read somewhere that um, Eric Carr was actually the person that came up with that riff that we love so much. That mm. that Zeppelinish. That Eric actually came up with that riff, and he wanted this to be more of a Zeppelin-like song, and he wasn't very happy with the way it turned out, being transported by Paul into the rap-type song. Um, that he wasn't, I won't say he wasn't, uh, what I read, he wasn't happy with it, it's just it didn't turn out the way he envisioned it. But yeah, Eric Eric Carr actually wrote the the primary riff there, which you would think Vinnie Vincent being a co-writer, which we haven't talked about Vinnie too much, but Vinnie Vincent being a co-writer on all the songs except for "Fits Like a Glove" and "Dance All Over Your Face," um, you would think that Vinnie would be the person that would write a riff like that, but it was actually Eric. Uh, okay, so we're up to top five. So if you thought it was hard before, it's definitely going to get hard now. Um, so what did you predict the panel was going to choose for number five, Ralph? Uh, yeah, this is tough. Um, not for the innocent. And I said a million to one. Okay. I said fits like a glove is what I thought they were going to predict. At, but wait, wait. Fits like a glove was already on the list of the of the listeners, right? No, we haven't got to fits like a glove yet. Oh, oh, then can I change mine? Yeah, sure. I thought that I thought that was picked already. I'll say fits like a glove. Okay. Um, coming in as a tie, it actually scored the same amount as All Hell's Breaking Loose, track number six and track number five that the panels chose actually tied. The only reason that I put this one higher was because more panelists chose it as their number one uh, song. 
but they scored the same at 507. Coming in at number five is Fits Like a Glove. Yeah. So, um, seven, uh, eight, eight panelists. Matt Ucci, The Dude, Gullamain, Chabason, Jay Reed, AJ Zetro, 1975, and Tom S. picked Fits Like a Glove as their favorite song. And I am the seventh panelist because Fits Like a Glove is hands down my favorite song on this album. I freaking love Fits Like a Glove. I've loved it since the day I heard it. I love the drums on it. I like the cheesy breakdown. I like a hot knife through butter. I love Gene's screams on this. They're some of the best screams. The extended screams. The guitar solo on this album. Vinny freaking blisters the guitar solo on this. I love this riff. I love that. I love everything about this song. I love the lyrics. I love everything about it. It's a perfect Gene song to me. Uh, it has some cheese in the lyrics. It has some 80s cheese in the lyrics. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's a great... And it's a precursor to some of the songs that Gene would try to uh, use this song to imitate. Uh, going into Animalize and uh, Asylum. But on this album... To me, it works, and it's great. Fits like a glove, number one to me. What about to you, Ralph? Well, I mean, it's pretty low on my list, but I love it. As I said, I like everything from nine and up. Uh, I put it at number seven. Um, I do love the song. It is the only song on this album with Lick It Up that was the longest uh, uh, stayer on set list. And I remember, man, as Nick Brote, my friend, as my witness, when we saw the Hot in the Shade tour, I said to him, when they played Fits Like a Glove, I said, dude, that's the last time we're ever going to see them play that song. I predicted it. I said, because that song has been on the set list forever. And it's a great song and all. But, you know, I mean, like six more than that. And I was like surprised they it made it that far. And I was like, dude, I don't think we're going to see Fits Like a Glove ever again. You know, because I didn't even know it was going to be on that set list. You know, this mm-hmm. pre-internet. I knew they were going to open with uh, I Saw Your Love because Paul mm-hmm. said it on Headbangers Ball. But, um... I, I love the song. Yeah, it's always uh, it's. I always thought I thought I always thought it was a great addition to the live set. It, you know, it uh, it had that little breakdown. You know, the hot knife through butter. That you know they would stop and not say anything for the crowd to cheer. It's kind of like a live setting type song. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love it. And yeah, m- my favorite is that scream. You know, when he when Gene does those screams. You know, I I just. I just find it very effective. But he wouldn't do that live. You know, a hot night. Mm. And then he wouldn't say nothing. Yeah, crawl, like make, kind yeah, of fold his arms. A hot night. And then Dan. And, and and that riff, if you listen to the riff, of, it's kind of a slowed down version of Give Me More. Mm-hmm. You know, Give Me More is the same riff, but fast. Okay. Rick, what about you? Uh, number five for me. I love the riff. Um you guys hit on a good point with Gene live and, and crossing his arms. Gene and Paul were, were tremendous role models or teachers, you know, to us young kids wanting to be in bands when you couldn't hit a note, like what to do, like back away from the mic and act like it's all part of the show. That, that's, that, that just triggered in my mind. Yeah, um, so, so he doesn't have to do that scream. Yeah. <laughs> 
So the funny thing to me with this song, I do love this song. Number five for me, great song, just pure rock power. Yeah. Uh, funny thing for me though, when I came in, because I came in late, you know, around smashes, and uh, I thought this was a Bruce Kulick song because of Exposed. When the uh, title card comes up and Exposed, and they start playing the solo, I just immediately in my head thought, oh, Exposed is Bruce Kulick era, so. That's got to be a Bruce song because I, you know, hadn't gone fully into the catalog yet. Mm-hmm. So it was cool to uh, hear this track on Look It Up and realize its origin. Yeah. It does have a Bruce Kulick vibe to that song. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, and see, this is the kind of songs that uh, I would love to, if they were pulling out songs like this on the current End of the Road tour. Mm. I'd be more willing to like maybe pop up my hundred and twenty bucks to get into just to get into the building, uh, but but this is the song to me that that hardcore fans like, and and the casual fans would be looking around like, you know, what's this? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, I I love I, these songs. These these songs they used to play live that they don't anymore that they've retired. Man, they could, they could, and should so bring back fits like a glove. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've always, yeah, I've always oh, go ahead. I've always said that I have a feeling if Paul sees one person go to the bathroom, that song is pulled from a set list. And you're totally right. Classic songs like this that fans love, the casual fan would be like, "Sit down, time." Yeah, so they they should put this back in the set list and take "Say Yeah" because that's one that casual fans don't know. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, say yeah has you know the the current lineup, so of course they're they're gonna have to put that in there to make it look like well, there's some validity to this lineup. <laughs> you know? All right, so we're up to number four. What do you predict for number four, Ralph? Uh, number four. Okay, I'm gonna ask the question if it has been picked yet, but I predict number four will be. Oh man. Not for the innocent. Ooh, that hurts. That's not been picked yet. Okay, that's that's I, I predict not for the innocent. It's either that or exciter, but I'm going with not for the innocent. I said uh, young and wasted. Uh, I said young and wasted as well for number four. At 521 points, the panel chose at number four a million to one. Wow. So, 15 panelists, Mark Hilliard, Tom Dust, Tony Rod, Bill Sharp, Future Squash 767, Nina Kay, Jeremy Kimona, Kissin' Time, Jay Lee, Rick R., Mikel D., John Howard, Joel Pegg, and Robbie Stars picked a million to one as their number one favorite song. I picked a million to one as four. And the only reason I picked it as four is because I like three songs better. Um, I think a million to one is a great song. I don't think that it slows down the album like I Still Love You did. I think of the I Still Between the Two Love Songs, A Million to One and I Still Love You, I think that uh A Million to One w- wins out. Uh I love I love the Paul this is a Paul Stanley Vinnie Vincent thing and uh they wrote it together apparently. And uh I love the opening line, baby now that you've made up your mind, I'm gonna let you go. If that's what it takes to show love is blind. It's it's that those great Paul Stanley lyrics that you uh, 
you know, that you come to know and love. And so I think on this one, even though people always favor the Gene Simmons, Vinnie Vincent collaborations, uh, I would rather have a Vinnie Vincent, Paul Stanley collaboration than a Paul Stanley Desmond Child collaboration any day. So, um, so I, I love uh, a million to one. Uh, it's number four for me. I only think there's one song I like more than Million to One on this album. I love Million to One so much. It's that number two. Um, I think it's Paul Stanley's greatest vocal performance on any studio song they've ever done. I think it's a genius love song. And, um, well, you know, it's the ballad. That's what I love about this album. This is the ballad. Mm -hmm. And it's ballad that's not, you know, your, you know, your acoustic guitar forever, you know, type stuff. And, but I just love the hell out of the song. I, I remember getting chills watching him do it on uh, the Live to Win tour because this was not played on the Lick It Up tour. And um, I just love Paul's voice. I love Paul's lyrics. I love the million to one. You know, it's just, I just I just think he, he just delivers this vocal performance on this song like no other. It is my favorite Paul Stanley <clears throat> vocal performance and if it wasn't for one of these songs on this album it'd be my favorite song off the album so absolutely love minute to one and number two on my list yeah it's number number one for me uh i'm basically just gonna everything ralph said i agree with um the such a great vocal performance and the melody line has just got a hook in it like nobody's business this this is the song that i still love you should have been and like he, like Ralph said, this is the ballad on the song. I mean, it's it's amazing. This may be my all time favorite Paul Stanley song. It's always been Mr. Speed, but I I don't know. As when I go back, like prepping for this, I would listen to a million to one, and I was just like, this this may be my number one all time favorite Paul song. And I'm gonna I have know. to look up Live to Win now because I. I did not know he played it during that tour. So I'm going to have yeah. to look that up. Oh, and he sings it just like oh. on the record. He does it so good. I mean, uh, that to me, I mean, was the last time I saw Paul Stanley sing so good. And I have a theory. Um, is because when Kiss tours, it's Paul and Gene doing lead vocals. Where this night, all, all this tour, it was only Paul. And he was doing stuff like Magic Touch. Tonight You Belong to Me, which takes a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, vocal, vocal strength to do it. And after this tour, that's when you started to hear the track, uh, the cracks. So I think he kind of blew out his voice because of that, you know, that tour. And singing Million to One, just like the record. I mean, I'm talking about holding that note, how he does before the solo, just as long and just as powerful as he does on the studio version. It's, it's amazing. And yeah, there's a... You have the, the, the pro shot uh, home video of uh, Live to Win Live? No, huh? Um, okay, well, it's on there. All right, so that brings us to number three. Uh, what do you predict for number three? Um, man, I mean, I would have never predicted uh, that song, A uh, Million to One, to be... Uh, I would have figured it would have been much higher. So... Um, not for the answer was picked yet. Nope. Was it picked? All right, I'm gonna go with that one. Okay. Between that and Exciter, but I'll go with not for the Anderson. Yeah, I said all hell's breaking loose for the panel. Okay. 
for me, number three, I said a million to one. Uh, 531 points at number three. The panel chose Young and Wasted. So Young and Wasted, nine panelists, Kiss Posters, Matthew Smith, X Josh, Perpetual Art, Keith Nidu, John O, and Mark Webb picked Young and Wasted as their number one. I picked Young and Wasted as my third. I love Young and Wasted. I love the gang vocals in it. I love the way Gene sings. He comes out with that demon, like a fly to a spider. I mean, just the way he sings in this song. It's the demon singing. And even though it might not be demon content, he's singing in that type of demon-esque voice. And I loved... Whenever Eric used to sing this live, whenever Gene would let, I think pretty much live, Gene always let Eric sing it. I think they should have let Eric sing it on the album. I think it would have sounded, it wouldn't have been, I don't think it had been as good. Because I don't think Eric had the same type of demon-esque type voice that Gene did. But I still think it would have been good and it definitely would have broke up a little bit of the monotony between just being a Gene and a Paul song. Well, it had an Eric vocal through in there, and Vinny had a good voice too. I don't understand why they didn't let Vinny write and perform a song. Well, Vinny wouldn't do it. I mean, Vinny, look at his invasion. I mean, what do he do? Like the beginning of Back to the Streets. Vinny's got a great voice. I love Vinny's voice, and I don't understand why he would never sing. It's weird. Yeah, but for me, um, I chose uh, Young and Wasted as third for me. So, what about for you, Ralph? Not only is it my number one favorite song off this album, and this is an odd thing for me to say because to me it's all about 70s Kiss. You know, Gene, Paul, Ace, and Peter cannot be beat, but my all-time favorite Kiss song is Young and Wasted. It's odd, but it is. It is my all-time favorite song by them. Um, the groove, the the screaming. Uh, I love the, the way he's... You know, Paul does the chorus. Um, it's just uh, kind of like um, it's it's just like mayhem in a Kiss song. It's mayhem with a groove is the best way I can say it. And I know uh, there's some people that say it's a ripoff of Im Immigrant Song from Led Zeppelin. It's it's very slight, if you ask me. I mean, uh, you have to be a really diehard fan of the Sweet, the band called the Sweet. Uh, they had a B-side called Burning. That's a ripoff of, of uh, Immigrant Song. And believe it or not, the Osmonds, which I can't remember the name of the song, but they had a song that was a complete ripoff of Immigrant Song. This one is kind of like a little bit of an element, but it's not so like the Burning by Sweet. Um, it's my favorite Kiss song overall, so it's definitely number one on this list. And if it wasn't for Young and Wasted, Million to One be my favorite on here. Absolutely love this song. Um, and I did get to see it. I'm a little hazy on this, but I'm pretty sure uh, Gene sang this on the Look It Up tour. I know for sure on the Animalize tour, I saw Eric sing it. Mm -hmm. But I think Gene did this on the Look It Up tour. I think he did, too. I think he did. If, and I'm a little hazy on it, too, because I mostly remember Eric singing it, especially from the Animalize video, um, the Live and Uncensored video. But I think that maybe... Gene did sing it on the Lick It Up tour. Maybe our viewers can let us know. Uh, I, I would say, you know, if 
because it I mean it wasn't my all-time favorite kiss song when I saw look it up tour but I think I would remember that if it was if Eric sang that you know so I'm almost positive Gene sang that song on the look it up tour all right Rick. it's a it's number four for me um same sentiments as you guys uh the there's two demon songs on this record and this is number two of the demon songs uh i love paul in the chorus and uh plus the song title alone is so rock and roll how can you not love that that's a great song title so yeah number four for me it's one of my favorites on the record all right so that brings us to the top two so what's the predictions ralph what's your prediction for top wow. for, for number two so we're down to Exciter and not for the Innocent. <laughs> this is very tough. I'm going to have to go with, wow. I think I'm I, I, I'm gambling on this one. because Either one I pick, I think I'm going to be wrong. <laughs> I'm going to say number two is uh, not for the Innocent. Yeah, I thought, I thought, the, I thought the masses were going to choose Look It Up a lot higher. So I thought the panel would choose that at number two. Yeah. And me too. Um, with I, I predicted all hell's breaking loose because I thought that they were going to choose that. And I mean, I'll go ahead and say what I predicted from number one. I thought the top two was going to be the singles. It was going to be lick it up and all hell's breaking loose is what I thought they were going to choose. But sometimes we don't give the panel enough credit, and sometimes they choose the right songs up higher. So um, what they actually chose at number two with five hundred and seventy points is not for the innocent so two right so two uh 12 panelists skate devil anthony m hill 18 where's drago aladio demetrius k db threshold j reimner felix taligert felix taglarini mick Hara, vapor man john b good trevor bullock uh picked this as their number one song i picked not for the innocent as my number two song Basically, because it is right there with fits like a glove, Rick. This is like you said. This is the this is the second demon song. This is the demon song of this album, just because the way Gene sings it. There's a little bit of an effect on his voice. Um, I'm mean and I'm dirty like none you've ever seen. Uh, no tongue can lick me clean. I mean, it's he's got some great lines in here he's got some e's in here um some yes in here uh my favorite line in this whole uh song is we're here for the slaughter kick you when you're down i mean i love the way he sings that whole uh that whole phrase there not for the innocent is great it sounds creepy from the very beginning it's a great vinnie and gene collaboration just the opening lines of it and the riff, very early 80s heavy metal sounding uh, song. And I think it's a great, great, it is the best, in my opinion, it is the best Gene song on this album. So I picked it uh, for me at number two. Ralph, what about you? Um, yeah, I, I, I put it at number four. Um, my favorite line is I spit the hangman in the face and hung him with his noose fucking awesome um and i think uh, i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i believe this is the last demon song till unholy you know i think can't Pretty think much. of any song uh, demon like but uh 
It's, it's an awesome track. I, I absolutely love it. And, you know, to put it on number four on this album that I love every song except one is pretty high on the list. And, and you know, honestly, it's kind of tied with my number three. Uh, it's hard for me, but, you know, I, I had to choose one. So I said, oh, fuck it. So I absolutely love Not For The Innocent. And as far as I know, never played live. Yeah, I chose it at number three. Um, I love the intro. It's got an evil feel to it, and it's so demon. This is like a demon song. It's dangerous. Um, if you close your eyes and listen to it, you picture Gene from the I Love It Loud video. And uh, like and like you said, Ralph, um, I've always thought this is the last demon song we get until Revenge. Like this is this is it. There's no more until revenge. And yeah, this is a great song. Yeah, after this it was all sucky fucky and put my log in your life a fireplace <laughs> that song. <laughs> all right, so um we know what number one is. Uh like I said, uh it with uh six hundred points, uh let's see, uh you didn't have any left to it would have had to been an exciter for you, wouldn't it? It had had to, your pick would have had to been exciter, wouldn't it, Ralph? Yeah, it was between exciter and not for the innocent. Right. And honestly I, I kinda was thinking not for the innocent was gonna win, but I said <laughs> fuck it. But my vibe said not for the innocent because I'm always right. <laughs> um, what'd you predict for number one, Rick? I said exciter. Yeah. I said okay. lick it up. Uh, with 600 points, the panel picked for number one, Exciter. 19 panelists, Frederick Scalin, Jake Jackson, Jen Simitsu, Darren Halliwell, Eric Masiu, Steve, Sean DeHan, Andy Kissman, Richie Rich, Colin Parladine, Kiss Hard Rock Metalhead, uh, Kiss Carolina Hard Rock Metalhead, Paul Bertolino, Gregory Pegg, Greek Freak, Sublime 130, Mark Moe and Brian Stacy picked Exciter as their number one song. Uh, me personally, I picked Exciter down to at number seven. Uh, Paul's Paul's songs are good on this, but Gene's songs on this album, most of his songs just kind of went out. So, uh, so you know, so by the time Exciter. I actually like Gimme More a little better than Exciter. Exciter just kind of falls down for me. Um, but, uh, I mean, it is what it is. A lot of people love Exciter. And I think that Exciter may have won just because it was the opening track on the album. But, you know, people are free to love what they love. And, and uh, 19 panelists love this song to, enough to be their first. So, what do you guys... Uh, a lot of people love the solo, which is not Vinnie Vincent. It's uh, what's his face, Rick Derringer. Rick Derringer, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think it's funny how it's Rick Derringer playing the solo, but it still has the sound of of uh, Vinnie's flying V. It still has that same sound that the guitar, the solo guitar, has through the rest of the album. It's like they put the same effect on it, and it sounds sounds not how it's played. But the actual sound of the solo, the sound of the guitar, sounds like Vinny's. And I think they did that in, a, in an effort to maybe pull the wool over our eyes a little bit. And this was pre-internet days, so we didn't know who played on the albums. We would have thought it would have been those four guys there with no external uh, musicians. But 
Um, but yeah, it's a seven for me. What about you? For you, Ralph? Uh, number three. Uh, I only put Young and wasted a million to one over it. I love it. I think it's a slamming opening track. Uh, they had uh, three albums in a row of in, no, well, actually four hour albums in a row with awesome opening tracks. Um, Creatures, Cider, Into the Fire, and uh, King of the Mountain. Into the Fire would be my favorite one, though. I think that, and I'm not a fan of Animalize, but I think that song is just smoking. But I love Excited. See, Into the Fire, I would put it as my favorite on Animalize. <coughs> Excited just rules. I think it's a great, heavy sister song to Creatures of the Night because I see kind of like the same vibe and uh, I just think it's a smoking tune. I absolutely love it. And I could be wrong, another song never played live. Shame. Uh, yeah. Even I though chose, Give Me More was played live. I chose it at uh, number six. Um, I do like it. It's a, it's a perfect way to open the record. Uh, that was a, a great... Great observation, Ralph, that it's a, a sister song to Creatures of the Night because it, it really is. Um, I do, I like it. It's a, I think it's a great intro on this record as to what to expect for the rest of the record. Um, yes. More I was, look it up, that's for sure. <laughs> I was super excited um, when The End of the Road first started. Kiss Online posted a video of like, setting up the stage and like backstage stuff and they use this song oh. as like the music for it and i was like holy crap that's awesome that you're reaching back but you know never no set list change but um it's it's very cool to hear a track like that used again and kind of a tip to the hat to that era this era is is sadly missed but yeah it's a, it's a it's a great opener and much like creatures of the night I like it better than Creatures of the Night, the song. Um, but much like Creatures of the Night, it's a great intro to this record. Mm -hmm. Right on. All right. All right, so there it is, guys. There you have it. Um, that is Creatures of... No, not it's Creatures of the Night. There it is, guys. There you have it. That is Lick It Up, counted down from uh, bottom to top. So... Be sure to uh, interact down in the comments on what you think, uh, what you think about the list, what you think about the panel, uh, what you think about us, uh, what our thoughts were, and put put in your thoughts too. Now that the panel has been, uh, what the panel determined has came about, and uh, want to mention, like I said at the beginning of the video, that there's going to be a break. Uh, the next panel video will be for Animalize, and it will be coming out on March 23rd. So there will not be a panel video next Monday. There will be another type of video instead. But anyway, um, that's all I've got. Uh, Rick, you got any closing thoughts on animal, um, Animalize? <laughs> on, uh, you got any closing thoughts on Lick It Up? Um, no, I. besides the fact that I, it's the greatest non-makeup record. And uh, for anyone listening at home... I took notes, and uh, Ralph has given us lots of homework to do today. <laughs> Live to Win video, a million to one from Live to Win, the Nashville Lick It Up show, yes. and and Sweet Burning. Oh, we yeah, check to, out that song. Yeah, we have to, So there's your homework for the day. There you go. That's, uh, that's a B-side. It's not even on a Sweet album, but it's such a rip-off of a good song. But it's still great. You know? I love the Sweet. I'm a big fan of the Sweet. 
What about you, Ralph? Closing thoughts on Lick It Up? I don't think Kiss has made a better album since. I think it's a smoking album with a shitty uh, title track. And I saw the tour, and honestly, like, this is the big Kiss comeback. This is what saved their career, but honestly, it wasn't not even a near-packed arena. They were still suffering, believe it or not. The, the record sales were there, but as far as uh, tour attendance... It wasn't. It, I don't think they, they had any really solid sold out till, I mean, not even sold out, but I think it wasn't until Hot in the Shade they started to pack places. Because I tell you uh, what, though, I, re, I remember Animalize. I remember Animalize was packed. When I went and saw them for Animalize, I remember Animalize and Asylum for those two tours was packed. I remember Lick It Up, they're maybe not quite as packed, but. At least the MTV Charlotte may have helped. It, at least the Charlotte Coliseum was that that I saw them in, and it's not the largest arena. Uh, it wasn't the largest arena, but it they were packed uh, okay. for that. Uh, Animalize when it came down here, it played the Sunrise Musical Theater, which is technically not an arena, but it's not. I think it holds about five grand. But they played two nights there, mm-hmm. and I went both nights. One night they played Young and Wasted, the other night they didn't. Um, and, uh, yeah, they were both packed. So, yeah, 10,000, say. I mean, who, but I was, a, I was a repeat. Go ahead. Who opened uh, when you saw Look It Up? Uh, Johnny Van Zandt. No, it wasn't Johnny Van Zandt. It was um, Pat Travers and Axe. And I, for the longest time I thought it was John Butcher Axe, for somebody correcting me. And Animalize was Crocus. And that was a great show. I was all the way up front. And here's another little funny thing that happened uh, the second night of Animalize. Uh, some guy was there with his girlfriend. And Gene went up to him between songs and says, how old is she? <laughs> like, you wanted the guy's girlfriend. I just want to make sure how old is she so I can I can bang your girlfriend. <laughs> and Six, I got a 16? Yeah! <laughs> I got a guitar pick. I got I, a pick from gene that night too um but that's it guys that's all we got rick i really appreciate you taking time ralph buddy pleasure as always thank you man i i, I enjoy doing this man oh, very cool to talk to you again guys Likewise, be, rick. guys and gals be sure to check out ralph's channel almost human and be sure to check out rick's channel it's off you demon if you haven't already Give those guys a subscribe and watch some of their videos. So that's all I got to, for this today, guys. So we appreciate each and every one of you watching. And we'll see you on the next panel has spoken video. See you next time. Take it easy. Schmack-a-ma-gob. <laughs>